one when I'm so grateful. Grateful he left for work. But then I begin to think about all the breaks he might get today. Coffee break, lunch break, afternoon break. Where's my break? From morning till night, I'm taking care of another human being. If it's not the kids, it's him. Constant, never ending, always, always, always on call. Sometimes I wonder if anyone even appreciates anything I do around here. Who do they think would take them to soccer if it weren't for me? Who do they think would drive them to band if it weren't for me? How would they eat? What would they wear? What would they use to wipe their But That isn't the case. I take care of all that. No appreciation. No thanks, Mom. Nothing. Is this really the life I've carved out for myself? Is this really the life abundant the pastor talks about? I'm not even sure I made the right choice when I married him. I don't mean that. I love him. I just wish he would show me once in a while how much he cares. I just want to know that what I do around here is even noticed. I feel so invisible at times. I think about leaving. I think about it all the time. And then I'm thrust back to reality. Where's my happily ever after? Where's my life abundant? Where's my joy? Hey, Mom! And so it begins. Let's give Lindsay a hand. So here we are. Life sentences. The, the life comes in words. Words form sentences. And those sentences have the power to sentence your life. That may have hit home for some people. Uh, hopefully, if you're a husband who's been blind to that, Hopefully that hit home for you. But here is an opportunity for us to understand just how powerful words can be. The Bible says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will enjoy the fruit thereof. So let me break that down for you. Proverbs is saying is death is in the power of your words and life is in the power of your words. So therefore, those who love to speak death will enjoy the fruit of death in their lives and the lives of people around them. And those who love to speak life will enjoy the fruit of life in the lives of themselves and the lives of those around them. For many, many, many years, I did not understand the power of my words. For many years, I trampled on my wife with my words. How many have found yourself saying this? Oh, come on, get over it. 
Oh, come on. What's the big deal? Suck it up, buttercup. What's the problem? Why are you so sensitive? You know, the biggest complaint of Generation X and the baby boomers of Generation Y or the millennials, they're so sensitive. What's wrong with them? They need to suck it up. Words have power. I want you to understand that when I talk about what Proverbs is saying and the power of death and life, or death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will enjoy the fruit, that this is a direct correlation with the sowing and reaping concept that is all through scripture. Some people in modern times like to call it karma. Karma is actually a result of a non-Christian religion. It's not something that Christians are taught, but we equate it to that. But the concept is similar. What you are planting what you are putting out, what you are speaking, what you are doing, what you are setting forth into the world, into your family, into your business, into your church, into the people around you, whatever you plant, eventually it's going to begin to grow. And the fruit of what grows will be what you have to sustain yourself on. Think about that. So we're, 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 we're sowing negativity, we're sowing death in our words, and we're surprised when our children begin to sow the same words. How many watch Jimmy Kimmel? Every year at Halloween, when he pulls a prank and has parents videotape their kids the morning after Halloween, and he has them say, I ate all your candy last night. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just a small group of you. Every year, he gets parents to film their children the morning after Halloween, and he says, tell them you ate all their candy. And let me tell you, the response is unbelievable. Some of the response Literally this year, one kid started cussing out his mother. And we're talking about five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Are you effing kidding me? Right? What? Most of the response is dropping to the floor and, I can't believe you did that. But every once in a while, a little angel will say this. That's okay, mommy. I still love you. This year there were two of the ones they picked. That's okay, mommy. That's okay, daddy. I still love you. And one of them kind of thought for a second and said, but don't do it again, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We sow words 
this message is so appropriate for where we are as a country right now because this last year we have sowed so many words. If you think that the words that you sow do not have as much power because they're not just coming out of their mouth but they're coming through a keyboard, you're crazy. Did you know that kids today, kids have always done horrible things because of bullying, but there are kids taking their own lives because of what comes across Facebook, what comes across Instagram. Our words are so powerful, and I don't want to move forward until we understand that every word that proceeds from your mouth takes root somewhere. Even the ones you speak in private, they take root here. Even the ones that you speak when you think no one's listening, they begin to take root right here. How many have done this? They've said, slippity, slappity, and they try to catch it. <laughs> or maybe your, your spouse comes home and says, oh, I just had the worst day ever, and you say, join the club. <laughs> you want to grab it, right? You want to catch those words and shove them back into your mouth. But you can't. Even the effort of trying to grab those words and shove them back in your mouth shows the person you're speaking with where your priorities are. So if you end this three-week series with just one thing where you stop and contemplate the words that you're about to plant before you speak them. You are a winner. Words kill. Words destroy. I've never shared this story before, but I'm going to. I've never shared the story with my wife. I've never shared the story with my family, my father, my sister. I have what the doctors call a little bit of a weight problem. No. <laughs> I, 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 doctor says I swallow a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. That's a movie line. But I remember when my sister was dating a young man, not the man she married, a man that we thought she was going to marry. I was one of those kids at six, seven, eight years old that ran around in without a shirt. I don't know where I got that. Maybe because my dad ran around without a shirt on, right? A whole life growing up, running around without a shirt. We had a swimming pool in the house that we were living in. My parents struggled to buy that house. And they, we, they bought it and just carved out a sweet little life for us in Santa Fe Springs, California, in the shadows of Florence Avenue Foursquare Church that would eventually become a very integral part of my life. But as a young kid, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old. My sister was dating a, a man, a young man. He was the produce guy at the Gemco. How many of you guys remember Gemco? Yeah. How many shopped at Zodi's? Come on, give me, give me an amen, right? So I remember walking through the living room, totally oblivious to anything negative in my life. 
my parents were pretty good about sheltering us from, from things that they thought might really bother. And so I'm running around the house without my shirt on. And my sister's boyfriend said this, you're a fat little slob. I didn't even know I was fat. I didn't know what fat was. <laughs> I just like to run around without my shirt on. He said, you're a fat little slob. And my sister giggled. And then he just started calling me fatty every time he saw me. Now, I wonder if his motivation was, well, if I shame him, he'll change his behavior and not eat so much, right? It'll fix it. But anybody who's ever struggled with anything knows that your reaction is not to fix. Your reaction is to make it worse. Maybe you have an eating disorder because of that. Maybe you became addicted to something that would kill the pain, drugs, alcohol, because of something similar like that. But there are people in this room who've had similar words spoken over them at one point in their life. To me, it's the greatest tool that the enemy has is when you're really young, have somebody you look up to say the most horrible things to you and lock you in a prison of words for the rest of your life. And I've gone up, I've gone down, I've lost 100 pounds, I've gained 120, right? I've lost 50, I've gained 60. And I've struggled. Some of you have struggled that same struggle. Some of you have gone to recovery for drugs and alcohol. And then something triggers you and you're right back. But it all started because of words that either you spoke or someone else spoke over you and tied you up and tied up the purposes of God. You see, if the enemy can tie you up in a prison, then you will never figure out what the purposes of God are for your life, and he wins. Imagine right now if every single person in this room was set free from the power of the words that were spoken over them, and they could begin to, without any fear, without any thought of what people might say, of what people might do, could begin to go after the purposes of God, imagine what we could do as a church, as a community. Imagine that. As you sit there right now and you're thinking of those words that were spoken over you or the words that you've spoken over yourself, imagine a world where those words have no impact in your life anymore. Imagine a world where those things do not control you anymore. This week, we're going to focus on looking in the mirror. How many love looking in the mirror? Raise your hand if you love looking in the mirror. <laughs> A couple of you do. Teenage boys, no surprise. <laughs> right? Come on. I love looking in the mirror when I was a teenager. Playing football, feeling good about myself. Look at that. Oh, mm, yeah. I did. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this. 
For now we see in a mirror dimly, but, when, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. So in this moment, I know sort of what I'm looking at, but someday I'll be able to see fully what is the image that's in this mirror. Even as I have been fully known. In the morning, when I set alarms, how many have an iPhone? You set your alarm? Anybody? And on that iPhone, you can put a statement. Does anybody use the statement? Okay. The statement on my alarm that woke me up this morning was this. Good morning, handsome. Good morning, handsome. Some mornings I wake up and say, that ain't true. Other mornings I wake up and say, thank you. I want to read you a list of negative statements. I'll probably die of cancer since all the women in my family have died of cancer. All the men in our family have bad hearts, so I'll probably die early. I don't deserve to have a happy relationship. Father, would you minister that one? Coming out of emotionally healthy spirituality, Lord, I pray that you would minister that statement right now. That men and women in this room who feel like they do not deserve to have a healthy relationship because of who they are, what they've done, what they've come through, Lord, I pray that you would speak truth. In every situation, I tend to do the worst thing. I suck at everything. I'll never get a job with this bad economy. All men, say it if you know it, are pigs. All women are greedy. They marry you so they can leave you and take all your stuff. I'll never get my kids back. I'll always be an addict. I just can't do anything right. Why bother trying? It never ends well. Everybody is against me. These are words, and there are more, that we speak over ourselves. I'm sure if we took the time to go around the room, you would have 50 more that you have spoken over yourself over the years. Where do they come from? They come from this. These are the words others speak over you. You'll never succeed in life. You're a mess. The new one is, you're a hot mess. You just can't be trusted. You're a blank, just like your mother. You're just plain dumb or stupid or ignorant, lame. You sure know how to pick losers, don't you? 
You'll never be thin. You're a porker. You're not college material. You'll never be a good mother. You'll never be a good father. You'll never amount to anything. You're worthless. You're a piece of blank. Join me in, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I break the agreement with and renounce any negative words either spoken over me by others or that I have spoken over myself. If you are praying this prayer, lift your hand. Heavenly Father, I break the agreement with and renounce any negative words either spoken over me by others or that I have spoken over myself. Forgive me, Father, for believing these lies. You have created me in your image and I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Forgive me for being loose with my lips and speaking idle words, words that do not build up but instead tear down. Help me, Lord, to move forward from living in bondage to these lies. Forgive me for my bitter judgments that I've made about myself because of these negative words. Heal me, Lord Jesus. Amen. There are people being set free this morning from words. Receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Philemon, Philemon 6 says this. This is the words of Paul. He says, And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Now let me break that down for you. As you speak negatively over your life, as you speak negative over other people's lives, you're not speaking the words that God would speak over your life and the life of others, correct? Maybe it's because you don't know what those words are. And so as you have committed in your heart to serve and love Jesus, what Paul is saying here is the, your faith or who you are will, will be more effective if you fully understand who you are in Jesus. So he's not just talking about going out and saying, hi, do you know Jesus? Here's an invite card to my church. He's talking about the life that you live. How many of you in this room could raise your hand and know that you know somebody who is a Christian but is the most negative person and you don't want anything to do with them and the problem is is that they're not being a witness in their life because no one listens to them because they're a cactus. They can't even get close. And so what Paul is saying is your life in Christ, your effectiveness will be greater as you begin to understand what it is that Christ has done in you. And so let's break down the verse. Sharing your faith, not you need Jesus, it's your witness, it's the life you live as a result of who you are becoming in Christ. More effective by the acknowledgement or the knowledge of. The word there is... Uh, 
acknowledgement. It's translated acknowledgement. And so what I wanted to do is go back into the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, the original, the one that actually uh, considered God in all the definitions. Can I get an amen? And it says this, to own. To acknowledge is to own, to avow, or admit to be true, listen to this, by a declaration. Not just believing it in your mind, but by a declaration. And so what Paul is saying is you will be so much more effective if you just begin to declare the things that God has done in your life. Begin to declare who God is. Begin to declare what he's done. Begin to de declare who you are in him. This is the key. This is the trick, right? Everybody's like, well, what's the key? How do you do it? What's the key? Declare God's goodness and watch God make you effective. Those are his words. That's what Paul is saying. Maturity in Christ means our words change to reflect the work God is doing in us. If you are using the same words you used before you came to faith in Jesus, then you're not growing. I wore my zero days without sarcasm shirt for a reason. I'm working on it. But there are people in my life that spur me to sarcasm. Amen? Can I get an amen, Ben? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen, Ryan, right? My boys, my crew, Ted, Dave. It's hard not being sarcastic around you, my brother. Pound it. It's, an, it's, it's God growing you. You are who God says you are. However, if you don't know what he says, then you are left to the name tag that you write and stick on your chest. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to declare. Now, I'm not saying to declare something you want to be identified as. I'm going to ask you to declare who you believe you really are in this moment. Some of you will say something negative. Somebody will, some of you will say something positive. The important thing is to confess it and get it out there so that we can grow and become who God says you are. So don't be afraid to say something that might be a little rough. And I'm gonna just, on the count of three, I'm gonna count to three, and we're gonna declare who we think we are. One, don't be afraid. If you're unaware, you can't change. Number two, be excited for what God will do when you lay this in his hands and say, God, I, I don't want to be this anymore. Take it from me. Are you ready? Three, fat. Stubborn. This cell has a wide opening over there. We did it so that I could get in and out and Dave could get in and out and anybody else want to get in and out. But there was a skinny little girl that walked in there today. I 
but the, the cell that's built in your life, you can't even fit through here. Lindsay, Lindsay actually didn't know there was a big opening and she walked through one of these parts. <laughs> but the cell that's holding you back is tight and there's a big giant lock on the door. And the enemy knows that if you figure out how to find the key to open that door, that there is nothing that you can't do. The enemy knows that if you find the key to open that door and you escape from that prison and you begin to live the life declaring the promises and the goodness of God, that there is nothing that you cannot do and your life will be one that reaches people all around you and the world will change because of you and because of the things that God says over you and the declarations you begin to make. Number one, say it back to me. I am a child of God. But all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. John 1, 12. I am a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. I am the true vine and the father is the gardener. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. John 15, one through five. I am a friend of Jesus. Who was at present at creation. Who spoke life into existence. He calls you friend. I have been justified and redeemed. My old self was crucified with Christ. I want you to declare this one nice and loud. I am no longer a slave to sin. We know that our old man was crucified with him so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Romans 6, 6. You're no longer a slave to sin. You are free. I will not be condemned by God. I have been set free from the law of sin and death. Come on. I've been set free by the, from the law of sin and death. Those of you who spoke a negative word, I want you to hear this one. And I want you to repeat it as loud as you can. I have been accepted by Christ. In Christ Jesus, I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in me. I am joined to the Lord and am one spirit with him. God leads me in the triumph and the knowledge of Christ. Come on. God leads me in the triumph and knowledge of Christ. I am a new creature. I'm a new creature. I am a new creature. Creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. Go ahead. I'm a new creature in Christ. I am no longer a slave. 
but a child and an heir. Listen, it's all God's, everything. And because you chose to say yes to him, you are not a slave, you are his child and an heir. You will receive an inheritance. I am loved. I am worthy. I'm accepted. God loves me. Ladies, I am beautiful. I'm worthy. Men, I'm not a pig. I'm strong. I'm a son of God. And I have a purpose. And I am gentle. What's going to happen is you're going to want to start confessing those other things over your life. Again, the Bible says this, to take every thought captive. When that person who is still in your life calls you later today or tomorrow and wants to lay on you that thing that has held you in bondage for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, I want you to say this. Thank you, but I don't receive that. What? I don't receive that. But thank you for calling. I don't receive that. And watch what God does. This is a bigger topic than you guys even know because every moment we're speaking words. We'll get up from this service and we'll start speaking words to one another. There are words that have been spoken over this church. There are words that have been spoken over me as a new pastor. There are things that get birthed into the spirit realm because people say things. And our job is to know our purpose and to know who we are in Christ so that we can confess those things and get about the business of being about the Father's business. So we're gonna end the service. Worship team, you don't need to come up. We don't need to drum up emotions. There's enough emotion in this room. (laughs) If there is a word or a sentence or a phrase that has sentenced your life, Everybody's looking. I just want you to lift your hand. Father, you see these hands. Bring healing in Jesus' name. May they remember the words that you speak over them. They are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. Break this curse in Jesus' name.
you can put your hands down. If there are people in this room who have spoken words over other people and you want to know and you want them to know and you want God to know how horribly you feel about that, lift your hand. Yeah. Same hands. Mine, too. Father, forgive us for the words we've spoken. Lord, create in us a new word, a word that speaks life, not death. In Jesus' name, amen. And the hardest one this morning, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and you don't even know who you are, you don't even understand those words that I spoke that were the words of God, you don't get it, you don't understand it, but you want to know because it sounds right. The Holy Spirit's calling you. If you would like to give your heart to Jesus this morning, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. And if everybody could pray, that'd be great. Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I can't do it without you. Come into my life and speak life over me. I declare that you are my Lord and I love you. I release control to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands up. You're under Holy Spirit house arrest. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, say it if you know it, it shall prosper. God bless you guys. Have the best week ever. I love you.